Now, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What if there was an easier way to give therapy a try that didn't involve spending hours looking for a provider or a long drive to and from appointments? BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on your schedule by chat, phone, and video call so you can do therapy your way. Visit betterhelp.com super to learn more. Hey, brother! Guys, there can be no doubt that one Remish John Lupin is an amazing teacher, probably the most attentive of any professor we see across the entire series. And yes, I don't just mean defense against the dark arts, I mean all of them. Like, what does Snape even do? Turn to page 394. Seems like most of his lessons are just writing the instructions on the chalkboard. Magically, like... Not even by hand. Welcome to another thrilling day of wizard soup. Here's the instructions. Goodbye. By the way, can you imagine an outfit Snape would be wearing less? I am Snape Nuff. I guess he does teach Harry Expelliarmus, which goes on to be like his signature spell and the one he uses to topple the Dark Lord or whatever, but he doesn't even teach him that in class, so. No, but getting back to Lupin, there's one line from him that I can never quite tell if I fully understand. That suggests that what you fear the most is fear itself. This is very wise. I mean, if Lupin says so, it must be true, but what does he actually mean by this? Today, we are going to unpack this very deep line and determine why it is so wise for Harry to fear fear. The quote, we have nothing to fear but fear itself, is not actually from Harry Potter. It was famously spoken by Franklin Delano Roosevelt during his inauguration speech in 1933, during which he was addressing the nation about his plans to solve the Great Depression. America was undeniably facing tough times ahead, but his words were meant to inspire. What he's really saying is, yes, there are difficult times ahead, but we need not be afraid as long as we are not scared into inaction. Together, we can overcome. And so we did. Like I was there. And this is what Lupin is telling Harry as well, but obviously the circumstances are different. Harry isn't a nation facing an economic depression. He's a teenager facing an evil sorcerer. So what makes this quote so appropriate for Harry, or why is Harry so uniquely qualified to embody its meaning? Because <laughs> rest assured, he does. Well, as a reminder, this quote from Lupin happens after the Boggart lesson, where Harry wasn't allowed to face the Boggart, and he's asking Lupin why. Lupin assumes what Harry is going to fear the most is Voldemort and just didn't think it'd be wise for him to appear in a classroom full of students. But to that end, it doesn't seem outside the realm of possibility that Voldemort would have been the greatest fear of any of the students. At this point, he has attacked the school twice in the past two years. But whatever, Harry wants none of it. He does admit that at first he thought of Voldemort, but then remembers the Dementor and says that's what would have appeared, which prompts the line from Lupin. That suggests that what you fear the most is fear itself. This is very wise. First, let's try to understand a little bit of what happens or why that's what Harry might see. Because for Harry, we know the fear isn't the Dementor itself. It's not the appearance of the horribly terrifying Grim Reaper-looking-esque embodiment of hopelessness and despair, which a Dementor is. Instead, it's the sensation Harry is forced to feel when in its presence, which is quite literally the sound of his mother screaming as she tries to protect Harry from Voldemort when he's attacking him as a baby. But then you might be wondering, well, if Harry's so afraid of what the Dementor is going to make him relive, why doesn't the Boggart just take the form of that? Why doesn't to just transform into Lily sacrificing herself for Harry. The real reason is because 
that then we all just would have put the book down because it was it was too sad. No, but later on in Order of the Phoenix, we do learn that the Boggart can take on forms just like this when Molly Weasley encounters the Boggart in Grimald Place. For her, the Boggart actually keeps changing forms into dead versions of different family members, including Harry, which I'm not gonna lie, also pretty sad. But the point is that it's obviously within the Boggart's wheelhouse to do this. But the reason it doesn't do that for Harry is because the thing Harry fears the most is fear, and that is what the Dementor forces you to do. Why is this so unique, so wise? Well, we can contrast it with what all of Harry's peers see when they face the Boggart. For Ron, it's a spider. For Hermione, it's McGonagall telling her she's failed all of her exams. For Newt, it's a desk job. And then there's clowns, snakes, and of course, Professor Snape. And these fears are all interesting because they can all pretty easily be classified into the five basic fears outlined in this article by Psychology Today, which I will link in the description down below. The article lists five innate fears under which almost all other fears fall into. They are fear of extinction, fear of mutilation, loss of autonomy, fear of separation, and what's called ego death. Let's start with fear of extinction, which is just the fear of death for either yourself or for a loved one. This one is pretty easily demonstrated by Molly's Bogart, which shows the fear of loss of family members. Next up is the fear of mutilation, which is the fear of losing any part or function of any part of your bodily structure. And this is actually where Ron's fear of spiders, or say the giant snake, or the clown might fall under. It's not the fear of the spiders itself, it's the fear of what the spider could do to you. That somehow the spider can or will cause you physical harm and it definitely will, you should run. It's on your shoulder. Please keep watching. So leave a comment if you checked. Next up is loss of autonomy, which is a fear of either being physically immobilized, like something like claustrophobia, or just that feeling of being entrapped or imprisoned, having a loss of control about your circumstances. Think Newt's fear of a desk job, that he could find himself tied to that desk rather than being allowed to explore the world in search of fantastic beasts. Then we have fear of separation. This encompasses things like abandonment or rejection, or the fear of not feeling valued or loved by someone. This is what Hermione is actually afraid of. She places a very high value on intelligence and academia, and so if she is failing in those regards, then she might believe that she no longer has any worth in the eyes of others. And then there's ego death, fear of humiliation or shame. Just imagine Snape wearing the sweatshirt. But speaking of Snape, Neville's fear of him is likely deeply rooted in this fear. We know Neville's parents were held with extreme extremely high regard within the wizarding world, and that Neville feels like he is struggling to excel in the wizarding world. Which is actually not true. Neville wins the House Cup for Gryffindor in year one, but it is the way his grandmother makes him feel. But in turn, Snape is the one who actually becomes his greatest fear because he's the one who needles this insecurity relentlessly, shattering Neville's sense of lovability or worthiness. But here's where Harry comes in, because if we apply all of these different fears to Harry, there are so many different examples of the ways in which Harry rises above those circumstances. Well, guys, it is officially cozy season, which makes me so excited to talk about today's sponsor, MeUndies. Simply put, they have the softest, most breathable loungewear and underwear I have ever experienced. So whether you're just on the grind at work or posted up on the couch rereading Harry Potter, you gotta have MeUndies. Genuinely, I've been a MeUndies subscriber for years, like way longer than they've been sponsoring the show. So when they came on, I was like, absolutely, because they're absolutely stellar in every box you'd want to check off for undies. I mean, I've already mentioned how comfortable they are, but they also just have such fun prints from like fandom prints to just poppy bright colors to just your standard blacks and grays, if that's what you're into. And loungewear that makes you feel like you're like melting into the couch in like, in like
like a good way now, like you're becoming like a like a puddle of goo or something. Even if it's not undies, I encourage you to just go scroll through their selection because I guarantee they're gonna have something for you, whether it's joggers, onesies, hoodies. Their micromodal fabric is a soft, warm hug no matter what garment you're sporting. But really it's the breathability that sets them apart because like if you get the jammies, which I recommend that you do, you can sleep in them without getting all sweaty. And their customer service is top notch, which is why they guarantee if you're dissatisfied with your first order, it's on them. So head on over to MeUndies.com slash super to get 25% off your first order plus free shipping. That's MeUndies.com slash super for 25% off your first order plus free shipping for comfort from the outside in. Link in the description down below. So let's just go through the list again, but this time through Harry's eyes. To kick things off is fear of extinction or death. And this one's about as straightforward as it comes. Harry literally ends the series by walking into the forest to face his own doom and emerges the master of death. But Harry proves this isn't a fear of his long before the seventh book and as early as the first one. He is constantly choosing to face down life-threatening situations, like when they go through the trap door to face Voldemort slash Quirrell in book one, or when they go through the trap door to confront Tom Riddle in the Chamber of Secrets, or when they go through the trap door underneath the Whomping Willow to face Sirius. Rinse and repeat. A lot of trap doors. But hey, speaking of going through doors, Ben and I would like to invite you to travel through the Gryffindor with us on our brand new podcast, Through the Gryffindor. It is a chapter by chapter read through of the entire Harry Potter series. Each new episode will focus on the next chapter in the book. Ben and I will be breaking it down, giving all of our insights, all the little theories that pop to us all the time. And it's just been a lot of fun. The first three chapters are already live. You can get them wherever pods are cast or right here on YouTube. Give it a listen if you're interested. Thanks so much. Moving on, fear number two is fear of mutilation. We talked about Ron and his fear of spiders earlier, and ironically, one of the very first things we ever learn about Harry is that he lives in the cupboard under the stairs, which is full of spiders, which he's not afraid of. But it goes way beyond that. There are so many things that seek to cause Harry harm throughout the story. You know, like the giant spiders, or the Hungarian horntail, or the basilisk, or the black lake with its armed people. Heck, even just playing Quidditch as a first year despite all of the very obvious risks. And yet Harry faces it all. Not a scratch on him. Well, at least until Umbridge arrives. Which leads us to fear number three. Loss of autonomy. And arguably, Harry spends his entire childhood with no autonomy under the Dursleys. He basically has no freedom and is regularly shoved into the cupboard under the stairs for what reads as weeks on end. And yet, while Harry does not like the Dursleys, he does not fear them. But Umbridge is the real shining example of this one because her entire regime is just a systematic breakdown of all autonomy for all students at the school all the time and Harry is target number one. Whatever. You could even make the argument that the scar on Harry's head demonstrates a loss of autonomy because he is uncontrollably being impacted by Voldemort's emotions even when he is very, very far away. But as we know, Harry's Boggart is not Voldemort. And so just like the Dursleys in Umbridge, Harry does not fear him either. Next is a fear of separation, which at worst leaves someone feeling as non-human, like they have no worthiness and are not respected by anyone. And once again, Harry comes up against this one a lot. I mean, as ever, by the Dursleys, who don't value his role in the family or even personhood at all. I'll be in my bedroom, making no noise and pretending that I don't exist. Too right you will. But even at school, Harry is faced with constant ridicule at the hands of his classmates, notably the Slytherins, 
basically always. Then in his second year, he becomes a social pariah because everyone thinks it's him opening the Chamber of Secrets, which it's not. Then in his fourth year, he's seen as the false champion. And in his fifth year, it even extends to the Daily Prophet. He was running a smear campaign trying to discredit him with backing by the Ministry of Magic. Like, can you imagine if the American government singled you out and was trying to ridicule you to the entire country and could command all of the press to do the same? Like, I feel like I would stand down, but not Harry. Instead, he does an interview with the Quibbler and then raises an army. And then almost all of these can easily feed into the final fear, ego death. At the hands of so much ridicule from so many angles throughout his life, it would be more than understandable if at some point Harry lost his sense of lovability. His sense that he was capable of anything or worth anything. But so what lies at the bottom of all these observations? Well, take ego death, for example. What we might fear is losing our sense of lovability or worthiness, but actually losing those things is not a fear, it's an outcome. Fear dictates the behaviors we exhibit when faced with our own. Had it all been down to Ron, his fear of spiders may have prevented him from confronting Aragog ever and learning the truth about what lay inside the Chamber of Secrets. Newt's fear of a desk job leads him to fear of posting allegiance towards any cause at all for fear it might tie him down. Neville's fear of Snape is actively hindering his education for the first four years at Hogwarts. However, on the flip side for Neville, when the Lestranges break out of Azkaban, those are the people who are responsible for torturing his parents, something happens to him. Neville comes into his own. He's finally given the opportunity to face his fear, and instead of cowering from it, he rises to the occasion. And that is what we see Harry do in all of these examples over and over and over again. Because bravery isn't the absence of fear, it's the willingness to face your fears. Like, don't mistake me, I'm not trying to say that Harry is absolutely fearless. Like in Philosopher's Stone, Harry is afraid of Voldemort coming back. That is why he goes through the trap door. What Harry really fears is that he won't be brave enough to go through the trapdoor. And this is the sentiment FDR expressed during his inauguration in 1933 when he said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. If we can work to stand up to our fears, we can overcome them. This is why when Harry faces a Bogart, it takes the form of a Dementor, the very creature that forces you to feel fear. So why is it wise for Harry to fear fear? Because of what it says about how Harry behaves when he's in the presence of his own fear. Without fail, Harry always rises to his fears. Every time he is confronted by something he's afraid of, he turns that fear into bravery and takes action. Guys, thanks so much for watching today's video. Don't forget to leave a like if you haven't already and subscribe so you don't miss any future Harry Potter content from us. But if you want even more Harry Potter content right now, then I have the podcast for you. Ben and I have just launched our brand new podcast through the Gryffindor, a chapter by chapter read through and breakdown of every single chapter in the entire Harry Potter series. Chapters one, two, and three are already live wherever pods are cast. Plus we have a channel here on YouTube if you prefer to experience podcasts that way you can check them out by clicking right here. Otherwise, Ben, until next time, I will see you in another life, brother.